Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. And hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Tommy and Hector podcast with Larita Blewett. Uh, we're, we've d- did that COVID um, testing again, so we're all we're all healthy. And Larita has brought more biscuits than she baked <laughs> and every week. Well, I mean, biscuits. I got such a hammering last week for the raspberry squares or slices. Do you know what they actually possibly they actually improved with time? The the raspberry yeah things yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think over time they just did. Uh, <laughs> they got softer, did they? They did, they got damper. And uh, <laughs> it took, took the edge off the base. All right, so you finished them then? I did finish them, Oh, yeah. well, that's good then. So After all nice. your negativity towards them, that's... Now, uh, let's get this naming of the show, Lark, Oh, done. oh I'm not even engaged not even in this anymore. not even going in this anymore. Really? So no, many... no, it's back to you again. No, no. Well, I thought of one. Go on, on your own now. Yes, on my own, I thought this of one. This is the Tommy's, this, Tiernan's choice. This is Tommy's choice. idea, and I think we just go for it, if you're not too well, No, go uh, ahead, uh, absolutely go ahead. I People thought, I have been very... I thought of it last night. Go on. Real Betty's town. <laughs> <laughs> we will go for that one. That is brilliant, That's Tommy. That's a great name, that, okay. Well done, well done, and, Tommy. Uh, That's excellent. Let's settle on that one, so Real <laughs> Betty's town. I like it, I can <laughs> up with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant! That's very well done. Um, that's a great name. Yeah. So, so this is Real Betty's town. Yep. Say it again. Yeah. No. My We're pen doesn't work. Our notebooks. Oh yes. Well, I don't have that. That started I, I, off good. I have something to talk <laughs> I'm about. Hector's <laughs> broad smile. Uh, homework. There's a lot of fucking homework in our house now at the minute, and I don't like it. Um, I didn't leave school in order to be doing homework. Thirty years later. But I'm, you, you would have people in the house doing homework, could you, Hector? At the moment, I would fucking go training to climb Mount Everest and try and get two teenagers to open their books and log on to school. It is absolutely carnage. Should they be allowed to listen to music while they're doing their homework? That's a big debate in our house. Well, after watching your man, the scientist, on your programme a few weeks ago... Who's that? The man, the... Oh, prof- oh, Dr. Ian. Yeah, he said you can't do two things at once. So if you're listening to music and you're doing something else, you're being distracted by one or the other. Okay, my young fellow who's 12 told me that he was able to watch Friends and do his homework at the same time. Well, then... Is that bullshit? Well, you'd have to ask your 
scientist, but I'd say school, <laughs> I'd home, say he should go for it's it. It's all this homeschooling at the moment. It is absolutely it's, puni- it's punishment, isn't it? It's punishment. My sister-in-law, the, she she uses the podcast as a way of getting away from them and having a walk because she said homeschooling is just absolutely diabolical. Um, you always had your homework done in school. No, I didn't. Yes, Tommy. you did. No, no, no. Don't you, lie. That's, a, that's a lie, Tommy. Don't lie to me. Actually. I cogged. No, you didn't. You were always I. Well, my memory. Tommy, mem- my memory of how you. How dare you paint <laughs> a picture like of a, me? Why is that? Me? A, yeah. Why is my, that a bad thing? I, all right, come on. You say your thing about my home, and then I'll tell you exactly what I did for five years. My memory of you is that you were uh, a real messer in class, a real messer. Laughing, but he always got the stuff. But he done. always, <gasps> you always did your fucking homework. You always did your homework, and I would. Hated people I'd, like that I, in my class. I was messing in class, but never did homework. But Hector yeah, always mm-hmm. just had that kind of just other side from where he was. He was playing both sides of the fence. Mm. I'm going to tell you exactly what happened with me regarding certain subjects. I could do my homework in certain subjects. I couldn't do my homework in maths. I was crowned a mathematical cripple in Fortia, where the teacher said to me, just take out your Irish books and do what you want. That's an interesting description. He called me a mathematical cripple. <laughs> <laughs> and I can conv- mathematical I, 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 cripple. cripple. He says, "Take out your Irish books and do what you want, you mathematical cripple." You. <laughs> we never use the word cripple anymore. So, and I'm going to verify this. I cogged my maths homework from first year to leave insert off one person, Michael Jock Tully. I'd say to Jock Tully, do you remember Jock Tully? Yeah. I'd say, give us Jock, give us your homework. And I'd just copy. All I knew to do after five years of maths was A Union B in, in a, a chart. It was like two circles, A Union B, and you colour in the two bits to it. <laughs> And no, 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 that's inter- that, that's 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 A intersection B. That's A intersection B. A union B. What's A union? I don't know. Where's Jock Tully? Jock Tully. And so when I'd watch Primetime or Today Tonight and they have the Fina Fall votes are in and then Fina Gale and you'd see a pie chart. That's all I could get in my head around pie charts and A union B. A intersection B. And what did you get in your leaving search? I got an E in pass maths. An E in pass maths? Yeah. A D and pass. I had always a problem with maths. You could either. (laughs) That's a good level. Maths was something you could either do. Like I know this sounds a bit ridiculous, but you could either do it or you couldn't. Like you can't. You can't learn. I would say that's the same for a lot of things, Louisa. No, but like you could. You could get through like kind of English and geography and stuff like that. But like you're either excellent at maths or you were like. Oh yeah. Just so say, tell me, th- th- for you now. to say that I always told me I cogged yeah, certain yeah, homework. That, you know, there was another, okay, you, you cogged your maths, but there was another seven subjects. You always had your Irish done. You always had your English done. But you you always had your Latin me. done. You always had your geography done. No, tell done. me, Michael McGrath was very you, good to both of us. Father you, Michael McGrath. You always had your history done. You were always just... I gave up history after junior cert. I got yes. thrown out of French for a year. Uh, it didn't do any harm to you. Why did you get thrown out? Threw me out for a year. I stood outside the class and we Why? sat with me, but when we just <laughs> Why did she throw you out? I don't know. We out. used to drop the pen just to see if we get a look at our legs. Oh. <laughs> so the poor teachers. If there, if the, any teacher came in with any sort of a skirt on, and we'd be like, "Oh my lord!" And the pen goes down on the ground. Duncan, look at Duncan. Poor Duncan. What were you hoping to see, like legs? Oh, we God, were teenagers. Yeah, just um, a flash of and, the, and then the other classic was... <laughs> there was no was, internet, of course. The other classic was going up to the table. Miss, can I ask you a question? Up we go and we'd be up behind and just put your copy there and we'd be way up behind her going, yes, miss. And we'd be looking, trying to look down the top of, <laughs> oh. of her blouse just to get just to get any view of the mountains. God, just the to keep poor us going. teachers. Thrown out for a year, that's... <laughs> I did a year outside, yes.
So let's let's go back a bit. And uh, I was only thinking about it the other day because I was flicking through Facebook and I saw the girl I brought to me, Debs. Now, how did you? And flick, I hadn't seen her. How now. did you flick it back to her? Huh? Did you read? Yeah, because I put stalking. On, I, no, I put something on, put something up on Facebook, and I was just flicking through the comments. Yes, and I recognised the name. Ah, hadn't seen that girl in a long time. Clicked on it. That's the girl I brought to me, Debs. How is she? She's great. Yeah, she looks great, and uh, she's still in Avon. Yeah. And it just reminded me of that fucking time, the Debs, getting on a bus and heading off for your Debs. So the question is, tell me about your Debs, because it is one of the great little milestones. That's a great situation with my Debs. Now, I have to say, I was going out with the fella and about the night, the college Debs was on the night, about two nights previous to the the, the convent one. And I had been invited by another fella to the college one. So I was going out with the lad that was... And why did the lad not invite you to the your boyfriend not invite you to? Because he was he was like twenty one and I was eighteen. What? Right, so he'd finished school. He'd finished so school. anyway, I went. <laughs> he was about twenty nine. Oh no, he, he was twenty one. Yeah, right. He was, so tr- anyway. he was a truck driver. Around <laughs> <laughs> the same age as your father. <laughs> so, <laughs> you so were an older man. So he was twenty one and I was eighteen. So he then said, "Oh yeah, it's fine. Sure, you go to the Debs with your man, right?" So that was fine. Anyway, I went to the Debs with your man, and that was fine. He was. Gentlemanly, but I, I shifted someone else at the devs. Another you're, fella. You're down. Oh, you're a goer. <laughs> down. And I, I tried to pretend, you know, it didn't like just moved on, you know. And as you tried to pretend to who now? Just I for, forgot about it, you know. Like I just it was just a quick shift. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like a moment of lapse on the dance floor, or was it up? I can't remember where it was. Uh, it was out in the public area, anyway. Don't yeah. worry about that. Right. And up, then... up near the dump and knock more. <laughs> no, with the dump where the college. Where grand. was the twenty-one-year-old? Was he sitting outside he in there. the Honda Civic? He wasn't there. He wasn't there. So then, anyway, that was fine. I was working in the jeweler shop on Saturday, and our grad was on the Sunday. He goes, he was ringing my phone all all the day, and I was like, oh, whatever. So anyway, in the evening, I was like, oh, what's everything okay? And he was like, oh, did you um. Did you uh, shift anyone Thursday night? And I was like, uh, no, no, um, I can't remember. Why would you ask such a question? And then, of course, it was that was it. We broke up. How did word get so, out? I have no idea. Anyway, I wasn't that really overly bothered. But anyway, that was fine. I was like, oh, I've nobody to take to my Debs now. Yeah. So I rang one of my friends and I, one of the lads, and I said, listen, you need to get me somebody to bring to the Debs like. And he says, OK, leave with me. Give me a half. Give me an hour. So he, he he got me a fella and his next door neighbour and he, he came to my devs with me and he took a rose from the garden and he... What a gentleman. Lovely. <clears throat> the older man. Um, it was a, it was a, it was a, <laughs> it was a disaster. Like, I didn't get an awful lot of time to, just to get another date, but I got one in the end, so... Fair, fair pitch, yeah. Was Where good. was it on? What hotel? In the downhill in Balna. And was the meal nice? Was there a band? Oh, I can't remember the meal, but well, yeah, it was it was good crack. Did you we, get a load of drinking? We brought our co- we brought our principal sister attract, and we made her. We gave her a couple of aftershocks and and stuff like that. So it was all it was all innocent fun, you know. You're eighteen years of age. My Debs now is uh, I had so I was four years in secondary school in Nav with Hector, and then when so in fifth year they had their Debs, but I when I was sent to boarding school, I had to repeat fourth year. So I all oh, of a right. sudden I was a year behind them. Mm-hmm. So I didn't when they were having their debs. I was still in school. In, in school. So um, in the boarding school, there was fellows from all over the country, fellows, and you're living with these fellows for nine months of the year. You know, mm-hmm. and it's uh, you have six weeks on, and then you get a weekend off. So and we're six to a dormitory. 
and there's 150 of us boarders, you know. And over the two years, you become really, really close to them. You know, it, it, was, yeah, yeah. it was brilliant. And then the summer comes, you finish your leaving cert and you're fucking, you're gone. You're all gone back to your different parts yeah. of the country. And I ended up, I was in a Navin for a little while and I was in London for a little while and the Debs are coming up in October. And I was uh, going out with this lovely girl from Rathkenny. A lovely girl uh, uh, called Maeve. And I've often wondered what Maeve has been doing in the meantime and if she's listening or if anybody belonging to her is listening. They were half connected to the pet shop there opposite the back of the Mercy. Please give my regards to Maeve and tell her I think of her fondly, but I'm awful sorry about what I did. <laughs> Oh, great. Now, uh, no, no, I don't feel so no, bad now. This is, where the this is where the crack This is where the... Because Debs, Debs is a nice one. So, uh, I invited Maeve to my Debs. Right. And she was so... so uh, now, I was 18. She was about 17. A beautiful Meath girl. Mm-hmm. You know, beautiful skin and nice hair. and Just a real gorgeous dose of yoke, you know. Yeah. Uh, pure goodness. Not simple now. It wasn't on the spectrum. <laughs> but okay, she, we get it, Yes. <laughs> Beautiful girl, and uh, I, I asked her, and she she really blushed, and she could you could tell that she'd been thinking about this, and was was I going to ask her, and because that meant her coming to my Debs meant that we would because we were both in Navan, the Debs were in Ballinasloe. So I was bit of an excursion. I was hardly going to be leaving her home that night. Yeah, <laughs> you were going to have to be staying over, like be staying over somewhere. You know, so so I asked her, would she like to come to my Debs uh, in the boarding school? And she blushed and very kind of coyly uh, said, uh, would I like to come to your Debs? Sorry, it was just, you know, you had just at? like, you know, you just painted this lovely angelic. She's from fucking Navin. <laughs> That's the way she talked. <laughs> Painted this like Ta- almost like a little. You have to ruin it furniture. now, Larita. By <laughs> and then fucking, you're like, yeah. I know her now. I'm getting images in my head, and now I can hear you. <laughs> now I can hear her talking. If I ever got her robot, you may be sure of fucking one thing: she'd have a Navin accent. <laughs> Where is it? She said. Uh, we are going to have sex now. I'll go upstairs and get ready for you. <laughs> Lord, that was horrible. Oh, no, no, you have an awful cock on you. <laughs> That'll never fit me. Look at the size of it. And the next day she's talking to her friends, well, the size of his cock <laughs> Bell. So, um, I said to Maeve, would you like to come and say, I'd love to. Stop it, could you? It's just... like the robot now. It's the robot half, Navin robot voice. I'd, lo- I'd love I'd love to. I'd love to. She said, I'd love to come to your Debs. And uh... so then I went over to England uh, for a month to work. And I started thinking. Hmm. I was writing to Maeve all the time. And Maeve was writing back to me. And I started thinking. I miss the lads. I miss the lads that I went to boarding school with, you know. And, and that's what the Debs is about. It might be different in a day school. But in a boarding school, I haven't seen these fellas, you know, for three or four months. And I'm not going to see them again after that. And it's kind of like, a, it was almost like a reunion more than a fucking Debs. Right, yeah. And I says, um... Fuck now! If I bring Maeve, I'm only going to be fucking introducing her to people all night. I won't be able to have a laugh with the lads the way I fucking want to. So I, I said to Maeve, I came back to Navin and I said, Maeve, uh, I don't want to bring you to the Debs anymore. 
I'm awful sorry, but I, I think the Debs are about meeting me friends, and I think if I bring you, it it turned into something else, and I'm very sorry, and I, I don't want to bring you anymore. And she said okay, and I never saw her again. So I went to my Debs on, on your own, my own, and not only I didn't have very much money, so I wasn't, I couldn't afford to stay. No, I couldn't afford the clothes. Oh God! Uh, so I I managed. <laughs> what did you wear? No, I I managed to find uh, schlacks and a jacket, but they I weren't matching. Oh, oh no, they weren't matching. Oh uh, Jesus! Um, I only had sandals. Oh no, Tommy! <laughs> so, no, no! So I had to. I arrived in the boarding school and I said to one of the lads, "Does anyone have a lint of a pair of shoes? Because someone in the in the boarding school would have a pair of shoes." So I, oh, Jesus I, I borrowed a pair of shoes. And I had good crack with the lads. That Where I was it on? It was on in Hayden's Hotel wow. in Ballinasloe. And were you sorry that you, were you happier that you went by yourself? I think it was a very selfish thing to do. Um, Especially after asking her about, uh, So it was a very selfish kind and of. And she would have been all excited and she probably, and how long before the Debs did you, did you tell her she wasn't going? Uh, maybe like a fortnight or something like that. So she did all, had a dress got and everything. Had a dress got, probably had the underpants chosen. Mind you, young ones in Nav did, there was, there wouldn't have been tongs wouldn't have been that popular in Avon in 1986 no. but sandals were and odd <laughs> shirts and jackets but what happened is you know sometimes you do something very selfish like yeah. that and it doesn't you, the penny doesn't drop with you it doesn't fully completely drop until you're away from the pressure of the situation so about a year later it's just the penny fucking just and I that was an awful thing to did do did you write me. back to her that was an <clears throat> I never wrote back to her but I'd like to take this opportunity now to say maybe Poor girl if, was heartbroken If you're listening I'm awful sorry <laughs> She probably hates you She probably like Hates seeing you on the telly And hates seeing your DVDs And probably f- burns them Yeah we can leave it behind yeah. <laughs> she, she, let's just say she At least do. I didn't go Fucking shifting eight fellas At the fucking <laughs> Well I apologise too I feel bad for now Now I feel bad for that Now that we've revisited Tommy's on That Saturday night show Is on again He's on again Fuck him And then watch that Cunt fucking prick <laughs> I went to uh, my Debs was in the Bloomfield House Hotel in Mullingar and we were like caged animals getting on the bus with perno and black naggins of vodka cans of I should have gone to cans of harp yeah why didn't you the whole way why didn't you come to that one did you do any shifting at your own shifting easy easy now easy now easy what happens in Balance Law stays in Balance Law. We were shifting before they we had even that, got onto the bus with them. That's written outside the inside the walls of the psychiatric hospital. What happens <laughs> in Balance Law stays in Balance Law. We got on a bus to bring us from Navin to the Bloomfield House Hotel in Mullingar and we were bananas by the time we a got A 30 out. mile drive. A 30 mile drive with Perno and Black mixed in oh, a two litre pot and young ones drinking oh. naggins <laughs> and we all shifting and trying to shifting get the ditty and tea. And, my, and the, one, the girl I brought to me, Debs, puked outside the bus between that <laughs> at the hotel oh, and I was there so girl go girl get it up get it up and in at the meal then you know the little puke and I still shifted the head off her in the slow set well it was mayhem and the next morning what we, go, what, we got off, to Betty's town we were like animals girl. I'm awful excited who went to our Debs in terms of the girls oh uh, Bernie Bernie Gibney I wonder Siobhan did Maeve go with anyone oh uh, Catherine Sheely Sheely oh. Um, Hazel O'Connell oh. um, Miriam Mohern Oh Miriam Shauna Fahey Yes Yes Paula Stokes Paula Stokes Oh my god Caroline O'Reilly Oh lads Anne-Marie McGahorn Oh you wouldn't get it at Miss Universe Celine Curtin Oh Celine Oh fuck me 
away. Patricia McHugh. I'm going to burst. I'm going to burst. <laughs> Alana McGuinness. I'm going to leave it above in the bloody bag. I'm leave it above in the bloody bag. Francis Riley. Oh, Lance. Sophia Lou. I'm making a mess of myself. Sophia Fitzsimons. I apologise. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we were like all the boys in suits. <laughs> Wait, I've tried this. It's purple and black. I'm oh mixing my up myself. You're still, what have you got? You're bad enough now. Cans of like harp then? and everything. Young ones shifting and puking oh. and lad. And there were roses and chocolates <laughs> just squashing them. Frere Rocher's <laughs> squashed on their necks. Roses squished into them. Orchids pushed up into their ears. Get for the shift, boys. It's our dibs. Stop, stop. What's amazing is that uh, when I see, so, you know, say when I see a young one now of 17 or 18, she seems like a fucking child to me. Yeah. Right. But when we were that age, these were women. Like these were the most models. So when you're calling out them names, I'm remembering them as they were. We were like, these were the women we used to walk around the town. They'd go down the shop and said, we'd walk around behind them for days. I remember there was Shifting a, them. there was a young Just one looking from, at them. There was a young one from out the Kilberry Road, and there was a young one from Stack Allen Tennis Courts. And I swear to fuck, they were like, they were so beautiful that it felt like being in the presence of fucking godliness, mm. didn't it? They were just. Do you know Sophia Loren when she came out of the water on the James Bond? Claudia Cardinal in Once Upon a Time in the West. And she's from from Stack Allen, like halfway between Navin and Slane. And she is the greatest looking creature you have ever seen in your life. Like you just just love to look at her. You know, and so you've got this and you're calling her all those names. Fantastic memories of how those young ones look. when you were 17, these girls. Jesus Christ. But back then the question, the classic question was Will you go with me? That was it, yeah. Once you got the go-ahead there, the question was asked. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll give you this one. So it was a Friday afternoon. I was about fifth year. Yeah, leaving cert. I was going out with a girl from, she was a boarder in Mercy Convent. She said, There's no borders in Mercy. She was back there. Back there. She was the only one there. There was a small There was a small border. There was a There was a small boarding community in Mercy, but they finished about 1987, 88. All right. I won't give a name, but she was from the far side of Mullingar near Castle Pollard. Oh, yeah. I think she's a nurse now. Just give us her first name. I can't. Do Why not? Her first name I'm going to give you a false name. Okay. <sighs> Why? Fidelma. Fidelma. Why won't you so, give her? Uh, so Why don't you? No, I'll just give it. Her, name, just her name was Elaine. Her name was Elaine. Elaine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I, used, call I used to go one, down every Friday. What do you call a young one standing between two fields? <laughs> <laughs> God. I used to go down on Fridays. We'd have smoke signals. You know, we'd know I'd meet her at the back of the foresters. I thought she was going to say smoke salmon. <laughs> she come down the lane. The she come down the laneway for mercy outside McAvoy's news agents and turn left into well, the, you're not into going the very back. Far of the, away to Castle no, Pollard. No, she was boarding. She's boarding. Oh, sorry. So I, she would come out of the mercy. And she'd come down the laneway and I'd come from St. Pat's and we'd go in at the back of the Irish National Foresters, which was the snooker club, in around the back for a good shift for about 50 minutes every Friday. Get all the chalky pebble dust in the back of your jacket and uh, your mum exactly goes, Exactly, Tommy, yeah. <laughs> this one. 
Well, I swear to God, I was up against the wall, rubbing against the back of the foresters, and I was scraping here. <laughs> oh, yeah, and I turned her around and Pin up. give her a bit of a scrape. And going with the nanu nanus and everything, and I made my lovely denim jacket. And about 50 minutes of rampant shifting, shifting and, 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 and feeling and pulling and dragging and hooshing and clapping. All right, I'll see you next week. I love you, bye. I walked home the whole way to my house. In I went, my mother there. Where were you? I was in study. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Turn around there and have a look at the back of your jacket, the fucking state of it. Well, the jacket was like whitewash, pebble dashed. He said, you're up again the wall again, were you? What could you say? The Leaning on walls. Ruined. But those were great days because the shift, well, the, shift the kiss wouldn't stop for about 19 minutes. Or you'd wear the face off each other. 19 minutes. Yeah. Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I want to find out about you, more about you. And I have a little gap in my life about you, Tommy, that I didn't know where you were. And I'm going to find that out now. And Larita, I want to find out about you. No comments. I'm calling, no them, comments. I'm calling them the magical years. Some people could call them the lost years. But I need to find out what happened 18, 19, 20 and 21. Because it's that junction that when you leave school and then you decide to do something when maybe 21, 22. My lost years were... Taking acid, wearing dungarees and Inish Mian. Uh, I 18, 16 doing the leaving. It's awful young. Trinity. How Trinity. Come? 16, 17, getting 17 on the 17th of August, is standing in the queue for my registration card in Trinity. Imagine. Hadn't a fucking clue. Spent a cup two years. What did you study? I studied Bomber Jack. It was a, a video game in the buttery bar <coughs> in Trinity. It was there by the toilets. We got so good at this game, at this video game. There was about six of us from different parts of the country doing different things, different lads studying. It was called Bomber Jack, where this lad floated through individual worlds and you had to keep floating them. And we got so good at us drinking beer. Uh, we went to Dublin Airport one day to play it because there was a machine there. We had a day, a day trip. We were fucking just experts at drink. Scrumpy Jack, Linden Village, Snake Bites, Rock Garden, fucking drink. And we thought we were the coolest. We did nothing. I failed my first year exams, never got through first year in Trinity. Then I went working for Colossian Levine, which is a, a, a summer college that I, the girl talked. So I started working for them. And by 1991, I was about 2021, 20, I'd 5,000 pounds saved 
in, what? in an Irish permanent account in Dunleary. And I Chris, said, what were you doing? Uh, I was going around the country for three years for Glossian Veen doing aftercare. So it, from September to this to the following April, the kids would go to the Gaeltacht, would come to these clubs in Carrick okay. Macross and Castle Blaney. So I was like a travelling apostle of the language for the kids that went to the Gaeltacht to keep up their Irish. It would be these aftercare clubs where they could come in and speak Irish on a Thursday evening for two hours. We'd play games, play sport, Oscailge. Exactly a re- repetition of what they were doing at the Gaeltacht. So I worked with Claude Naveen, who were massive at the time. And back then, the rule in Claude Naveen was one sentence of English and you're gone. We used to stand to, to, to attention, raise the Irish flag in the morning, and we'd sing Aaron Naveen and the Bolfinian men on Irish. To get into Claude Naveen back then, you had to know all the full Aaron Naveen and Bolfinian men. And it was quite militaristic, if yes. you'd like to say. Yeah. That's where I learned the Irish. So anyway, I worked for them. I had money saved and I met a couple of lads. One lad called Sean McRaymond who now runs some big technology company here in Galway. Uh, and I haven't seen him in years, but I know he's into that gaming world uh, and doing very well. And he was a bit of a rebel. He was from Waterford. And he said to me one day, and I met him for, for a pint somewhere, and he said, Rockamid Mock, Oh Jagan, Willen Gwege. Will we go somewhere where there's pure Irish? And I said, OK, I'm up for this. Where the fuck do you think? He says, I think we should go and live in the middle island of the Iron Islands, Inishman. And I said, I'm on. Let's do it. So I headed in 1991 with a massive blue backpack and a sheepskin jacket out on the rows of Aran, spent uh, to t- Inishman. And I lived there for nearly two years. And what did you do uh, out there? I lived in a little cottage and we christened it Sunsplash Cottage. It's at the old slip in Inishman. There's three concannon, little chalets they were called. Very basic. We had a little tiny little television. i never forget Blackboard Jungle used to be on every afternoon. And what did you do during the day? No, Tommy, you see there, you brought up a beautiful way. You said something there which makes so much sense. The day became so good because we filled it with so much stuff to do when you're out on an island like that. The morning time was breakfast, bit of porridge. Again, we gave up meat. We used TVP. We used to get this powdered powdered meat called TVB, textured vegetable protein. So you mix it in a pot and then throw in the spuds and it would expand. So we get that flown in. We used to blast pack 12 packs of Linden Village at a time, ring Roach's stores and they'd send it out on the plane. We'd have Linden crates Village. of Linden Village coming in. There was another guy from Spiddle called Liam who was a bit of a real hippie. <laughs> right? He, he joined us in the cottage and then Jamie joined us for many, many years. So Jamie was in the house as well and he was big into the doors, Led Zeppelin, Neil Young, it was beautiful. But you're, you're mixing with the Islanders in. Like it took me six weeks before the Islanders said hello to me. I'll never forget it. I mean, when you're walking on the island your first days, you're getting the dole. Obviously, we got the dole. Six weeks, seven weeks ago by, nobody say a word to you. We're down in our own little cottage. They're looking at you. This is 1991. Manchester United beat Barcelona. We watched in the pub. And I remember drinking for 15 hours in the pub. There was no cops. Mark Hughes. Mark Hughes. Go read. He went so wide, he was That's nearly in the stand and he back yeah, in yeah. I used to ring my mother from the pub with coins That's once it. a month and say mum I'm okay you have to slow down to the pace of the island first of all you have to get into their rhythm no mobile yeah. phones no nothing the rhythm of the island the rhythm of the sea and then finally I as wanna I'd, take you to the island you slow it right down we used to trace your footprints in the sand Paul Bridgie isn't quaking in his boots anyway, that's for sure. We'd make love to the sound of the ocean. 
we used to go. We used to, we used to go down. There was a there was a, the Trolletrach, the electric beach. It's called Trolletrach. Is one of the nice nicest beaches in Inishman. And in the evening time, we used to go down there with a few flagons, and we would build these stone uh, statues with and higher, 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 and then one right at the top, and then go back fifty yards and drink cider and try and knock it with stones for hours at a time. Stone roses. Weeks, months. We'd have, we'd, have the, the ghetto, we'd have the ghetto blaster with the Happy Mondays, the Inspiral carpets, the stone roses. I was in my element. We'd have the binoculars out to see if there was any girls coming in off the boat. Yeah, three German girls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Student, look. Yeah, hang on, I'm just going to... Yeah. Sprechen Sie Deutsch? Yeah. They're staying above in T. Wider fat parties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely staying in T. Wider's tonight then. We'd be walking by T. Wider's that night. Hello. <laughs> I got in. It took about six weeks for the locals to say hello to me. And when they took me, Pat John O'Farta, there, a great lad, he knocked on the, on the window of the chalet one morning. Yeah, well, then you, Jim. So he came out and he gave me his doll. Back then, he gave me my doll. And he said, What are you doing today? I said, Fuck, Tada. I'm a painter, 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 I'm a and the moment I was asked to paint this curragh and help the boys at the slip, at the end of that evening, he told me, and this is no word of a lie, he said, Ta fati hu sagadi hu sanchen, ta karedi mas mailet sagadela, enrod ta wait, tori mishis jak lomachui, agus ronachui skul hortwich, enrod ta wait, ta shis by jachan. Wow. And I was given f- spuds in one field, carrots in the other, the best of salmon, the best of rockfish, the best of hake, the best of lobster. And after that, I used to sit in his house and watch fucking Belgian porn channels oh, at fucking Jesus. six in the morning when the pubs were closed. We'd go back to their house and they'd, be, they'd have this fucking Mad Canal Plus decoder yoke and it's just bonkers. But they accepted me into their world. Then the locals got to know me. Then the young lads on the islands got to know me. Then they'd give me a lift on the back of the Honda 50. And when a lad would come to collect me, at six o'clock in the morning on a summer's morning and we'd go fishing for, for, for mackerel. I'd have about seven rods each side of the back of the Honda 50 and about four of us, five of us, all on Honda 50s, locals, and we'd go way back to the back of the island. The mackerel would be coming in and as sunrise came up over the, over, over the, over the island, we would be pulling hundreds and hundreds of mackerel, six at a time on the feathers with the locals of the island and the, the seals would be bobbing up in front of us looking at us going, there's loads of food down here, boys. I never felt anything like it when you pull six mackerel at a time way back at the back of the island with the locals. It was a magical time. I, I, I left the island the day after Mead were beaten by down in the 1991 final. 92 All-Ireland final, I think it was. <clears throat> that was after them. That was after beating Dublin in the four four matches. Yes, Colm O'Rourke was, was said. Yeah, Colm O'Rourke, was, I think, was sick that day. He came on the last few minutes and made a difference. But we had a party in my house that night, and I knew I was leaving the next day. And I wrote them all a little letter, and they all were they all were asleep on couches. All the local boys, we were bananas. And I just wrote them all a little letter, and I gave them my home number in Navan. <clears throat> and I put it in their pot. Some of them had taken off their shoes and I put it in their shoes. They were lying on couches, lying in beds. And I cried as I left the Aran Islands on the Rose of Aran because it was one of the most magical times. And it's funny now that later on in, 
in life. I never dreamt that I'd be on television speaking Irish or travelling the world speaking Irish or being on TG Cahar or doing anything in the television world. And for them now to sit in following mm. years, I'd meet them in Taft's and in T. Coley's and places. And it's just so, I, I've been so enriched by that moment that I could, sp- I went, I wanted to go and speak Irish in one of the greatest meccas paradises for Irish that's untouched. I mean, Jerry Adams and his family used to come out for holidays there. I mean, you know, you, you, the, the locals don't give a shit on Inish man. They're just, even Inish here and Inish more, they, they, the Inish man people are different. Well, there is a, they're different. The, the Mjolnini, as they call yeah. them, they're kind of, <coughs> Inish here and Inish more get a fierce amount of tourists. Right, uh, yeah. And Inish Mian doesn't seem to get as many, but doesn't seem to be that bothered. Mm. Uh, so it's Ochkunba. Uh, Ochkun. You have to slow down to the pace yeah. of the island. But it's funny, I left that, I left on the Rose of Arran and I went to see my missus, my girlfriend at the time in the Basque Country. So I went from the Arran Islands to the Basque Country. Wow. And I stayed in the Basque Country. She came back and I stayed there for four years and I picked up Spanish. So by this stage at 24, 25, 26, I, had, I was fluent in Irish obviously from the Gaeltacht and I polished it beautifully in Connemara in, in Inishman. But then I got a real love for Spanish and I was in at the deep end because I had to speak it over there when she left. Yeah, wow. So then I picked up them languages and then I returned home. So there was my last years. I have a question for you now. Given, say, drinking in Dublin, all right, while, while supposed to be in college, drinking and being kind of doing your own thing and the freedom of doing your own thing and then going to in Ishmael and doing your fucking own thing there would you begrudge your young fellas the same experience not in a million years so but how would you <coughs> how, how do I no how would you cope with it so you you young fella might be leaving school in two years or something like that a year and a half and he says I'm, I'm going to Cork I'm going to do fuck all or he goes to Cork and he doesn't tell you he's going to do fuck all he's going to Cork and he says I'm enrolled to do German and Spanish and then he comes back in the at Christmas time I failed on me exams and he comes back in the summer. I didn't pass me exams this time either. And I'm just, I'm just gonna go. I know, I know a fellow who's living in Berlin. I'm gonna go down just being a band and drink. What would your reaction be? I think I'd, uh, I, I, I think I'd have to go into to say, I have to accept that because the pathway, that pathway, was so much of a yellow brick road for me that I will say, all I want for my young lads is to be happy and healthy. I swear to God, I, I, and I'm not a one for driving them, driving them. For no, us. but you have to allow them. The to risk being unhealthy. Yes. You know, but I think you can you can appreciate that and you can allow that to happen because you had those paths. Yes. I think people that had a much more conservative path and went to university and worked you know, and may not have seen the world like he did, maybe it would be harder for them to accept that their kids would do that. That'd be Possibly, but I think you have to you have to let your kids take risks. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and to to risk the risk involved in moving out to an island and just drinking and doing fuck all. You have to allow them that. Do you know what I mean? Um, do you think there was more flexibility to do that in the 90s than there would be now? No, this, 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 no. the flexibility doesn't change. <clears throat> it's always there. It's having the, the freedom. But your parents weren't on your back every week going, what do you mean? No, no, what they are you weren't. doing? No, they weren't. No, they weren't. No, they weren't. You were given no, space. But you see, I was going away for three weeks and six weeks and eight weeks during every summer from 12 years of age. I was gone. I was gone. I was mad into the Irish language. Funny story, we're in the pub in Inishman and the honkery came out and John Bilgo Flaherta and these unbelievable musicians would come out once a month to the pub. No cops on the island. Hmm. No car on the island. It's all Honda 50s and wild donkeys. Right? Mm-hmm. 
we went into the pub to watch the Honkery playing, one of the great Connemara Tex-Mex bands. They were full, unbelievable. It's just this Connemara. The warming Cajun band Oh, well. the westernized, like almost like that, 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 that mariachi Connemara. Washboards and oh. guitars. It's fantastic. Tommy Sheen and Chella Bala, La Pokey Fala, Clegantine, Majin Donny, Clapham Common, they'd have an electric yeah, guitar. Yeah, and it was you up jiving and everything. You know the jive Class, music, yeah, it was yeah, brilliant. Tommy Sheen and Chella Bala, La Pokey Fala, I'm lying here in Clapham Common with my fucking head pounding, not a penny in my pocket. That's what they're singing about in yeah. Connemara. And uh, the honkery played, we had a fucking bonanza. I'd sit in in the bar in Inishman, you'd win the bar in Inishman, and there were a couple of locals there, and I got friendly with some really beautiful beautiful men old men in their 70s who'd sit in every day you go in the door and then there'd be three or four lads each side at the door and there'd be old fishermen Aran Islanders in their old gear and they're just sitting there and pints and eventually I was allowed to sit in with them I got in with them I got to know them so I'd sit in with the rigid back like you're sitting at mass and I'd have the pints of Heineken and all around me would be a feast of Guinness a sea of beautiful pints a, a plethora of porter pints oh, well, that, that and all you'd hear with the Hector and we just sit there right the honkery played that night we, I think we left the pub at about four in the morning. We were there at four in the afternoon. We don't remember Brilliant. a thing. But to get home, we robbed a couple of hundred fifties. <laughs> and I, I think I was coming on, one of the boys was coming on a wild donkey that was outside the pub and he coming Stop. down. There and the sunlight, the moonlight was hitting it and we were out of it. And didn't, Jamie uh, didn't take the turn and he hit a stone wall with the Honda 50 and he went flying over the stone wall. And then we was all just all of a sudden we knew we were in the shits. So we got we stopped, everyone stopped. We was, it was just all happened in a split second. There was three or four on the back of the Honda 50. <laughs> wild donkeys coming down, other Honda 50 coming, and it was just and he's like, fuck, 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 fuck. And we could see that something was wrong with his knee and the jeans were ripped. He had completely shattered his kneecap, right? And when we looked at it, this was like something I've never seen. In my life, I knew this was bad. Now, this is four o'clock in the morning on Inishman. What do you do there? What do you do there? Was it as bad as Pickford's challenge on Virgil van Dijk? <laughs> 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 this was, well, we, oh, this was, we got him back to the chalet. We opened up his jeans and it was an absolute fucking mess. Oh, was he just roaring? Yeah, so we got a bottle of whiskey. And we got loads of Nurofen. You got a bottle of whiskey and yeeds, right? <laughs> <laughs> we got a bottle of whiskey and we started feeding them. And then we got a bottle of Puchin. And then we gave them as many painkillers as we could, as in Nurofens, anything we could get, anodins, disprints. We rang and they said nothing can happen till about 11 o'clock tomorrow. What? So this is four. Was he bleeding as well? He was bleeding. It was in bits. There's no nurses. There's no. And you gave him loads of alcohol to make sure his blood was nice. This was nothing. There's nothing back then. So the doctor was going to come from one of the other islands. Yes, or else he was going to get a boat or airlifted back. The the plane could land at eleven o'clock in the morning. You can't ring. You can't ring back then. You can't. What happens if you've got a heart attack out there? It's just. It's very hard to scramble Uh, them. The helicopter coming at you. So finally, at eleven o'clock the next morning. We got him down to the airstrip. The little Cessna pulled in and we got him onto it. His kneecap was shattered. But talk about an end to a night, but never forget it. Coming down on wild donkeys and Honda 50s and next minute. And when he got the knee fixed, did he go back out oh, to Oh, back out to the island, yeah, as well. But it was just a magical time. The island was just an amazing place. And I always say this on this podcast. I think it's, I think it's a beautiful thing that Tommy's found uh, at the other island. I could see, I can see in this year, I can nearly see your house from where I was. Yeah. And... 
and to go to somewhere like that and to experience it, it's amazing. I hope, and I think by talking about places like this, I hope we appreciate in this country the unbelievably beautiful freedom, room, freedom, mm. and the places that we can go, and the things you can do. When you're on an island, I mean, the day, the boys asked me to play football once for a niche man. The pitch was down at the local airstrip. They asked me to tog out for the Gaelic football team. Wow. These are all little stages of, accept, of being accepted um, on the island. Would you have anything in your mind about living there again? I'd go back there in a heartbeat. I, have to, I want to bring yeah. my lads back out there, but I'll finish on this. The priest, there was no cops. There was no doctor. There was only one shop, one pub, one post office. But there was a priest. And we all know who the priest was. Because that priest one of the, wrote one of the most famous books of all time, Bud Awani. The monks... Is it Park Stondun? Is it? Uh, yeah. Is it? Ahar Park the Stondun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he wrote... Bud Awani. Yeah. Bud Awani, which means the, the monks... Willy. Willy. Bud, Bud, is, um, Bud would be He your... was a very famous priest who chained himself to Dáil Éireann back in the 70s looking for the Dáil uh, for the priests in rural areas because he said we're not all living in Fox Rock and Black Rock. Oh, we yeah. don't all have a thousand people in the congregation. Yeah, yeah. We've no money in these rural places. And uh, he was a very forward-thinking man who had... Uh, he was a very radical thinker regarding the parish priests in rural areas and he wrote a brilliant book called Budawani. That was a wonderful story, Hector. Thank you for telling us. So last week's episode, we um, Lisa told us about her. Well, you know, I mean, it's I loosely based it on my, on my life. On our lives. It's a way to describe it. Your escapades. Um, how are we, um, why, are, why we are we going to meet Audrey one of the days? Yeah, well, I, we should bring her in and uh, let her tell our stories. I'd be afraid of her. <laughs> She'd be like, give me a look at you, look at you. Look, well, look at you, get, get you over tra- here. Tosh up and trap down there now and we'll see if we get a good look at you. <laughs> Come over here and sit on my knee to live. Look have at you it. spoken to Audrey since last week's yes, podcast? Yes, yeah, we've had a lot of, we've, we're having a lot of laughs. She said, she said that I, I was quite um, soft on us on our on our uh, escapades but let's leave the other stuff the other good stuff for another day <laughs> for the book <laughs> yeah, save yeah, it for yeah, the book yeah. but uh, my sister-in-law Deirdre listens to the podcast religiously and she was got out of the car yesterday obviously they were home- homeschooling they were going for a walk afterwards and when she got back into the car the podcast started playing and my <laughs> nephew and two nieces who are 11 9 and 8 7 kind of age got into the car anyway they rang me at about 5 o'clock yesterday evening and they were on speaker Lolly they called me Lolly how many people did you shift? I was like, sorry? <laughs> they were like, tell us more about this shift and you and Audrey shifting everyone. And I was like, but she don't know what shifting is. They were like, yeah, we know well what shifting is. And they absolutely lost it about me shifting. And I was like, oh God. And then uh, Deirdre was saying to them, no, no, you know, like, Lolly would be making up some of that stuff, you know, it wouldn't all be real. And they were like, yeah, right. Of course it was real. We know the two of them. <laughs> Uh, it's funny because my wife and my daughter listened to it. Um, my wife was saying that my daughter's 13. She, she was saying it was important for my daughter <laughs> to hear it because it's, it was empowering. For those of you who didn't catch it, it's basically Larita was talking about herself and Audrey travelling the nightclubs of the world and just shifting loads of fellas in the nightclub. Like just munging the face off one lad then munging the face off another and getting fellas to lie down in their stomachs and do pirouettes and eat monkey nuts out of their hands and basically yeah. being in control of the situation. Yeah, basically. But my wife was saying that it was important for our daughter to hear that. Uh. And so 
if you find yourself in a situation where you're munged a few fellas, do not feel guilty about it. Absolutely. I got you a know. message from, from a girl called Marion as well. And she said, yeah, her and her sister used to be great at that. And she, what she called it, the shift and go. Shift and go. <laughs> <laughs> Put the freshness but back. Isn't it, isn't there, back. Is there, there was something brilliantly uh, Irish about it. A unique time in Irish society, wasn't it? But t- tell me, would you, uh, after munging, like, would, there be, would your mouth get sore? Aaron, not at all. You were lucky if you didn't get glandular fever or something, but... Uh, yeah. Uh, no, no, not at all. Like, just, like, just, like just being in a nightclub and just kind of swap and spit with as many... Oh, you'd you have could. a few drinks then in between. It'd be all yeah, right. Wash down a little bit of mouthwash. <laughs> <laughs> Right, right, are we ready? Yeah, let's go again. I never left the house without Listerine. I know how many messes I did. But no. Uh, and Audrey is proud of, of, the, of the stories and she's happy with that. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, we were we didn't misrepresent ourselves. Let's Can I ask you a question way. then? So it, it, those situations are about you being in control and having a I mean, laugh. I don't think you, you don't set out to go, oh, I'm going to go and show that I'm in control. You know, yeah. it's just difficult like. Yeah. What is the difference between a fella that you say, come into my office and do a few tricks for me and buy me a drink and I maybe I'll give you a bit of a munge and a fella that you fancy? Like, does the... Do, oh, yeah, that'd be does different, the, yeah. Well, no, what, 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 what... How does the dynamic change there? So there's a fella you've had your eye on and, yeah. and does it... Do yeah, you would be a little bit more... Uh, less inclined to do that. So is that is that because you're kind of you're finding yourself getting slightly excited when you're near him and you don't want to blow it and you kind of that could be interpreted yeah. in many ways. <laughs> <laughs> blow just to clarify. Um, so what, what's the difference between um, a fella that you fancy? I don't know. I think if you're very much comfortable in your own skin and you're able to have the crack with someone um, and you, you don't take yourself too serious I think you're better off, you know, you're not going to be overthinking it. Like if you, if I fancy someone and I'm like, excuse me, step over here into my office and you're twirling their buttons and, you know, twirling their scarf around in your finger, like the, getting, beside them. I'm, right? get, I'm getting hot here. <laughs> <laughs> the finger there, I don't, look, I twirling don't. the buttons on his jacket. I think, I think either men then either A, fall for you or B, think, oh, fuck, get me away from here because I don't know how, can't what cope. I'm supposed to do can't, here. Can't cope with Am I strength. supposed to give it 100% and go all in or is that maybe, will that be rejected or am I just right. safer just having the crack and backing off and, you know, being obedient or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I think we were always uh, very comfortable in our own skin and having the crack and we didn't take ourselves say, seriously. Say in the height of your of your mag- of your magical powers and I call this a magical power that yeah. you and Audrey had your talent. Yeah. In the height of your talents uh-huh. would you say to some lads then in Dublin or wherever you were going yeah. you can come out of the office and we're going to the boardroom. Never brought too many of them to the boardroom now I have to be honest because you just that was a different story now. The boardroom. Would, would anyone get to the boardroom? It, no, not anyone. You'd have to make a what? certain, you'd have to get certain grades to get to the boardroom. <laughs> and I have to be honest, a lot of them didn't make, didn't, didn't add up to the boardroom duties. Not like. boardroom material. No, they weren't. You wouldn't what? be, they wouldn't be suitable to no. bring to the boardroom. Janitors and <laughs> <laughs> trash men. But what not, yeah. would be the 
most amount of free drink and everything you got off somebody by saying, come into my office. And the guy went, hmm, uh, what is the most you pushed the boat out? Like, did you ever get on a private jet to go somewhere or did you ever get a five-star hotel paid oh for? Oh, God, no, no, no. Because sure, most of the ones you were bringing into your office were... the Valkenberg. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Places in Balna, you know. So, no, it wasn't like that. Like, yeah, we... Like you'd, we'd get in. Myself and Audrey were in this nightclub in in London one night, and uh, we we managed to. We were up out in the smoking area, and we thought, oh, there's a few good looking fellas going in and out of that door. What's in there? And we come over. Excuse me, can you come over here for a minute? And whatever about doing that in, in Ireland, and the people would know you when you're in London and you're meeting all sorts of different nationalities. You're going, can you come over? And he, they come over, and they're all London, super cool, you know, with the the slip on shoes, and they're all super trendy. Um, what? Can you get in here and give us two cigarettes? We have a couple of questions for you. And then he's there. Oh, yeah. Jesus, you're very forward. And oh, God, this is a bit refreshing. And what's going on in that room? And there he says, oh, it's a big office. You know, it's one of our big office parties. You know, it's all like the senior executives were rewarded, blah, blah. Oh, that's fine. Here, you hold these drinks. We'll be back in a few minutes. And he says, oh, no, it's a private party. Oh, don't you worry about if it's a private party or not, love. We will take care of ourselves. Well, in we went. And again, we worked our way through the... Audrey had ever we had given ourselves two jobs. We were all we were we were advisors and consultants to the company. By the time we got up, we were talking. We, we'll have another bottle of that champagne. Can you take us over here? Two glasses, drink and drink. And everyone's like, "Oh God, yeah, Jesus, I wasn't familiar with you." Yeah, blah blah. Next thing, Audrey is telling this full story to your man, and she is laying it out thick, right? And he said. Well, I own the company and I've never met you before. <laughs> so our cover was blown after a while, but not before we shifted a load of them in there as well. So that was that was all good. Yeah. Supreme so we confidence. used to we used to work work ourselves into and you know when you'd be at the races and stuff, you'd be getting yourself into tents. The Galway races. People, and different races and we, we were regular goers to the Dublin Horse Show and, you know, we'd be bo- High we'd society. Be boxing and getting into boxes and getting into offices and getting into tables and getting looked after like you'd be I just, royalty. I think people get so um, confused by it and the crack they're having, they're kind of feel it would be inappropriate to ask you what was your business at the table by the time you had so much well, cracked on. My mum always used to say, oh, he, he's the, she's the gift of the gab. And the gift of the gab has been blessed on you and Audrey. Oh, yeah. And you used And the together gift we're dynamite. That's a magic power you had. Yeah. Ah, well, I hope, hey. I hope we still have it now, but we'll be a little bit, <laughs> bit more refined with it now. Classic. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening to the show. We do hope you enjoy it wherever you're listening, not only in the country or all over the world. Spread the word, click and subscribe, and thanks for downloading. We're really, really loving it. Yeah, it's been a pleasure talking to you. It's a real, I get a real buzz out of seeing people in different parts of the world listening to it because you know they're listening to it on their own. Yeah. Like, you know, there's a, a fella in Kuwait or a guy in Venezuela or the Pope that they're all just kind of, you know, they're all by themselves and you kind yeah. of, this is a little bit of Ireland that you're receiving Harsalia and it's fantastic. So we're delighted to be doing it for you. And isn't it mad that we're in a, a hen house at the bottom of a shed in Galway in the west of Ireland doing this uh, in these shitty times, putting a smile on people's faces and that's what we're very, very proud of. Yes.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.